Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. It's where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, we're going to go off into the wild side. I get emails like this all the time, but today, for some reason, I feel like I'm going to go ahead and humor the, the question. The question is basically, what are the more interesting type real estate deals you've done, more profitable deals you've done, or worse deals you've done? And really, I've been doing this for 30 years with quite a few deals, both myself and helping other people do deals. So there's quite a, quite a few to choose from. But I just picked a few out here that I want to go and go ahead and explain. The first one I want to explain, I, I talked about the other day, it's... Uh, a rather unique deal because what it proves is that you can turn lemons into lemonade in real estate. You know, the stock market crashes on you, you really can't do anything. There's no phys nothing physical you could do to go fix that problem. But in real estate, there are, let's see, fixes, uh, workarounds, that's the word I was looking for, workarounds, that you can make things happen and still come out smelling like a rose even when you fell into a pile of you-know-what. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a, a set of duplexes. It was five duplexes in a row that I bought as a commercial deal because they were not surveyed separately. They were all on one plot of land. A guy had built them himself. Um, I don't know how he got the building permits other than the fact that they weren't in the city limits. They are out in the county. And so there's very, very weak rules and regulations. They were really, really a piece of garbage. And what they were was 10 little brick houses, actually five little brick duplexes that had gravel driveways, no garages. And inside, the only thing they had inside was one bathroom. And in the kitchen, all they had was one sink kitchen sink. There was no stove, no refrigerator, no vent hood type of thing, uh, except what the 
previous owner had put in there, which was the cheapest stove and the cheapest refrigerator you could buy, is all that were in these things. So there's really nothing to do with them. The tenants were all ridiculously terrible tenants when I took it over. I mean, one guy had, a, had literally had a shop. He was building stuff in his duplex. Another group had two or three families living together in one of them. There were all types of strange people living there. And uh, all I saw was opportunity. Why did I see opportunity? Well, first of all, I bought 10 units for $200,000. That's $10,000 a unit. Um, they were rented at the time, I think, for $300. The two-bedroom, one-bathroom were rented for only like $300, $350 a door. Once I bought them, I raised the rents immediately to five hundred. dollars Probably could have got more for them, but they were just such low-end piece of real estate. I didn't really think it was really important to do that. Whenever I'd do a make-ready on them, they had linoleum floors, so there was no carpet to replace. And all we'd do is we'd go in and paint the walls. And uh, I joked that we painted it with high-gloss um, beige paint. And the reason we did that was because nothing stuck to it. And so... This was really designed to be a Class D environment housing. I'm sorry, housing environment, Class D housing environment. And it was designed to take on what I call purple Martians, people that don't fit into the other types of housing, where they, people that wouldn't be allowed to live in other types of housing. These things were crazy. The people that I got to rep, all of them had bad credit. So every single person that moved in I would make them put up not only a first month's rent, but a security deposit equal to two more months' rent. So I was getting three months' rent up front. People were willing to pay it. Why? Because they couldn't rent anywhere else. Typical example of a, a tenant, I had some criminals that couldn't, you know, get a lease anywhere else. I had um, five young guys that wanted to live together in a two-bedroom house which just, you know, that was a disaster, but there was nothing they could break, nothing they could steal. There was nothing there. It was walls. <laughs> so I leased to them, but here's what I did. I made them pay six months rent in advance. And I said, okay, here's what we'll do. You pay me six months rent in advance. There's five of you. Each of you pay me one month's rent in advance, one month for security deposit. And then what we'll do is each month you can pay the rent until we get to the last six months, and then you can pay... I'll take one month of the security deposit and use it for the last six months. So if you can make the payments for the first six months, I'll give you back the deposit over the last six months. And you want to know how this worked out, right? Well, within the first month of them living there, they made the payment. No big deal. Had all the security deposit. I wasn't worried anyway. But within one month of living there, they stole a car. I happened to be over there for some reason. I saw the car parked in the backyard, and it wasn't parked on the driveway, the gravel driveway was parked in the grass. Now, that was problematic for me because there's a septic system in the back. And by the way, these things had septic system and wells. So there were no water bills, no utility bills. There were no bills. The electricity was billed to the tenant. So this was the cheapest, most inexpensive place I ever owned in my entire life. Cost me nothing to own it, right? The property taxes were nothing on it because of how cheap it was. And these guys lived there for about a month or two. I don't remember how long it was, a month, two, three, maybe at the most, something like that. And I happened to be over there, and I saw this Mercedes-Benz. I think five young kids, 
um, black Mercedes or expensive Mercedes parked in the backyard. So I said, man, that's weird. So I walked back there and I looked in there and the car had been stripped. So they stripped the car to sell the parts to make money and just left the car in the backyard. Well, I called the police and the police came out. Sure enough, the car was stolen and they all got arrested. <laughs> and so I got six months worth of rent for free because they all went to jail, right? And they had broken the lease by not paying the rent, so I got the money. Had other problems with this thing. It had a septic system, and every time it would rain, the yards would flood because the water table was so high from there being a septic system. So finally, the county health board came to me and said, or they left a notice on the doors that something has to be done because because of the septic systems, you can't have this high water table. You need to fix this somehow. So I called up the county and said, you know, what's going on with this deal? And they go, well, you've got to fix this problem. And I said, okay, how do I do that? They go, well, you need to get an engineer out there and redesign either the septic system or find some way to get the water out of the backyard, whatever. So I called, I said, give me an engineer. And they go, we can't give you one. I said, well, do you have a list of them? He says, yes, I have a list of them. I said, okay, can you give me that list? They gave me the list, and I called the guy on top of the list. Just, they were like alphabetical winner, and some big Bubba guy came out with, you know, big Bubba cowboy hat and Bubba cowboy boots driving a Bubba cowboy truck, right? And uh, he went out there, looked at it, and said, boy, you got a problem here, boy. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you got a problem here. Too much water. Like, I didn't know I had too much water. I said, well, what do you think I can do about it? He said, well, here's what you need to do, boy. You don't have any gutters on this house. So what you need to do is put up gutters on this house. And by the way, it wasn't all of them. It was just the one on the low end. Kind of the land kind of sloped downward. He said, you need to put gutters up on this house and shoot those gutters out into that front ditch there because the ditch, the open ditch that ran along the, dry, uh, the street that the houses were on. I said, that's all I need to do? He goes, that's all you need to do. And so... I put the gutters on the house, and uh, I ran a, one gutter out to the ditch, called him back. The county goes, yep, yeah, you did what the engineer said to do. Here's an engineer report. The engineer gave me a report. That if you do this, it will fix the problem. I did it. The county came out, said, okay, you did what he said to do. Voila, problem is fixed. Wow. So this kind of stuff just kept happening with this house. It was kind of a crazy deal. And the story gets rather long and complicated but very, very interesting and fun. Uh, when we come back from break, we'll pick it up. Because what happened then was I got a notice from one of my tenants that the people that were re renovating the lot behind us, right, had come over and said that we had a problem. When we come back, I'll share what that problem was. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley talking about crazy deals that I've done, uh, as many as we can get in during the show. Uh, we're talking about a deal right now, which was five duplexes. And as I went to break, I was explaining that I had gotten a notice from one of my tenants, a call from one of my tenants that there had been a problem and that I need to get out there to take a look at what the problem was. So I went over there and the tenant goes, the guys back there that are bulldozing this field. Now, right behind this lot, remember, this is like a commercial deal with just a, a lot with five duplexes on it. Behind it was another lot. And this lot was grown up with weeds like you've never seen before in your life. I mean, trees and brush and weeds. And it was unbelievable. You would never go back there. But they were bulldozing all that stuff right now to build a commercial building, big, giant warehouse back there. And the bulldozer guy had come by and told my tenant that, hey, as I was driving, bulldozing through here, all of a sudden, I broke off a pipe and all of this sewage started coming up. And what had happened was the guy who had built the place, which is who I had bought it from, had put his septic system into the neighbor's yard. Uh, there was no neighbor there. I understand it was just a big empty field, but he had gone past his lot line into the yard because he didn't have enough land to legally set up a septic system. Now, the interesting part of the story is the guy was an engineer that did legal work for people who would go and testify. He would testify in court that somebody had done something illegal as an you know engineering report. So this guy knew. <laughs> so I called him. I said, what's the deal with this thing, man? By the way, he sold this to me on an owner finance note with only $25,000 down. I'd already made back the $25,000 big time over. I made like $2,000 a month positive cash flow plus whatever else that, you know, we talked about earlier. So I'd already made back my $25,000. I actually had nothing in the deal. And he had owner financed the rest of it. And he goes, well, I don't know anything about this. Uh, I said, well, you built it, and you're an engineer. And the guy goes, oh, no, I was out of the country at the time doing work in Africa or something. I knew he was lying to me, but I said, okay, fine. So I started thinking what I could do, and I went. And the, to the, the first thing I did was I went to all of my tenants immediately because as soon as you find out you have a problem, you need to take care of it. And I went to my tenants with a document from my attorney that basically read something like this. We have at this moment found out that there could be a problem with the septic system. We don't know if that has created any in the past or in the future, or is dangerous now or in the past has been dangerous or in the future may be dangerous. We don't have any idea about that. We have not had it uh, researched well enough yet. 
we're looking at doing the repairs necessary to bring it online. However, because we don't know if there's any potential hazard, we are willing to let you out of your lease and give you back your security deposit if you'd like to leave. And no, no, fa- no harm, no foul, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you decide to stay, you release us of all liability from this problem, both previously, now, and or in the future. I didn't think anybody would sign that. I thought everybody would just leave. Do you know not one person left? This is where you have the best product at the best price. I had people living in a place they couldn't replicate. They couldn't go to another place either because my rent was so low or because they had such bad credentials. So nobody left. Everybody signed the documents. I owned it inside of an LLC. They now had released me, so my tenants had released me. I had an LLC around the deal, so nobody could get to me anyway. And I, by getting them to sign that, they had released me. So in other words, they could sell the LLC, uh, but they had given a release to the LLC and to me, so they couldn't come after me for saying, well, you knew about it, why didn't you do something? Because I did. I immediately took action. The next thing I did was I got in touch with the county. I said, look, I got this, this problem here. What can I do to fix it? And they go, so they, they said, well, you don't have enough land space to, to create a, a septic field. So you're going to need to, long story short, put in a sewer line. So I found out the, the sewer line, the city sewer line, actually ended at the beginning of my property. So what I would have to do was dig up all my backyards and put a sewer line in run it up to the house, connect it to the house, and then run out to the sewer line. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll do that. I said, how much is that going to cost? Well, I, I looked up how much it cost me. And the total price to do that was 25000 bucks. And they said, you're going to have to, you know, do this and then get it inspected. And the way it works is, is that you dig it. They come out and inspect the hole. You put the plumbing and the pipes in. They come out and inspect the pipes. You cover it back up. You now donate it to them. They now own it, and now you pay for the rights to use it, believe it or not. That's how it works. Okay, no big deal. When I went to, to try to do this, they said I couldn't do it. I said, why not? Because you don't have a subdivision. What do you mean you don't have a subdivision? You have to have a subdivision. So I had to go back and get it replotted uh, as 10 houses. Otherwise, the city sewer couldn't go there. So I had it replotted as 10 houses, created a subdivision called Delville, and we started, you know, doing the work. Temporarily, though, while we were doing the work, there was no way to get rid of the sewage. So the county gave me an easement, a bypass on the law, and said I could take my septic system, put pumps on it, and pump it into the sewer above ground. So I had a pipe going above ground into the sewer, and we were piping the sewage into the sewer that way instead of underground. Now that I knew exactly what I was going to do, I knew it cost $25,000. I went back over to the guy that owned the finance place. I said, look, here's the deal. You can do this one of two ways. You can give me a check for $25,000 today, and I'll go do this and fix this problem, and you'll be done with it. Or you can say no, and I will let all the tenants know that you built it illegally, and let each and every single one of them sue you personally for whatever potential damages they have. I will sue you personally for selling me something illegally that you knew you had, and you are going to be in all kinds of hurt for this reason. My note to you is personal. You have no LLC. You didn't sell me this from inside of an LLC. You sold me it from your name. You owned it in your own name. Every one of us, including the tenants, are going to be able to sue you to death. You're going to go down. Guy didn't say a word. 
He walked over to his desk, pulled out his checkbook, wrote me a check for $25,000 and said, good doing business with you. Thank you. Done. Now, what's the good part of the story? The good part of the story is after I plotted everything, they became houses. They were no longer apartments. The apartments, as apartments, they were worth $10,000 a door. As houses, they were worth whatever the comps said they were worth. The comps said they were worth $45,000 each, and they were the exact same buildings they were when I bought them for $10,000 a door. Because the comps, I was able to sell them for $450,000, and I bought them for two hundred, so I made $250,000 on a $25,000 down payment. Now, what do you think that is? That's a 1,000% return. Now, tell me that's not a great deal. Not to mention that I also made $24,000 a year for two and a half years, which is another $76,000 on rent on $25,000. Now, that is almost impossible to beat that kind of return. But I can beat it. Because the next deal I'm going to tell you about, it, and you don't want to leave, you don't want to turn off the station, I'm going to tell you I bought an apartment complex for nothing. For nothing out of my own pocket. And made infinite rate of return into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. We'll be right back with the Del Wilds Radio Show. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm sharing some of the stories, crazy stories of my life, real estate investing career. And uh, there's so many of them, I can't get in close to getting them all in. And there's some of them, they're so unbelievable, you probably won't even believe them. I'm going to tell you about the next stories. I bought uh, three apartment complexes in a row on one street. The first one I bought, I bought from a guy that was a multi, 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 multi-zillionaire. He owned uh, casinos, classic apartment complexes. He owned uh, strip shopping centers, uh, grocery stores. I mean, the guy owned everything. He was rich. Uh, his dad had been rich and brought him into the business. And this was a piece of garbage, 64-unit apartment complex out, out in the middle of nowhere. It was dirty. It was unmaintained. It was The rents were $100 to $150 a month below market rent, the same area. It was just run into the ground. And so I'm talking to this guy about buying this thing from him. And uh, I said, well, what's the deal? How do you own something terrible like this one? I know, you know, I've looked you up. You own all this really great stuff. Guy goes, let me tell you a story. 20 years ago, my father died, and before on his deathbed, he made me promise if I gave him, if he gave me the family business, I had to take care of my brother. So I bought my brother this apartment complex for a million dollars 20 years ago and told him if he would renovate it and increase the rents, he could make it worth $2 million overnight. 
My brother took a hold of this thing. I paid cash for it. I didn't finance it. It was only a million bucks, which was nothing to me. And my brother took over the, the property and never did a thing, never did anything to improve the place at all. He lived off the $100,000 a year of NOI. So back then, cap rates were 10%, so 100000 NOI made the place worth a million dollars. And so I negotiated the guy. He wanted to sell for a million bucks. And I said, look, the roof is bad. The, this is bad. That's bad. Everything's bad. The rents are low. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you eight hundred thousand. He goes, no, I'm not going to take eight hundred thousand. I'll take nine. So we went back and forth, and he got nine. I wanted eight. He got nine, but still, he got a reduction in price, right? So then uh, he was going to. I said, you got to owner finance it for me because it's in bad shape. I could never get a loan on this thing. It's going to take a lot of work. So why don't you give owner finance it for me? He goes, here's what I'll do for you. I'll owner finance it for five years, and at the end of five years, you're going to have to refinance it, or I'm going to take it back. And I said, not a problem. I agree, I agreed to that. Then I said, okay, I want to put $100,000 down. And he goes, no, I need you to have more skin in the game than I want $150,000 out of you. And so we agreed to $150,000 as a down payment. And then he would um, owner finance the, the rest, which was like uh, 900 minus 150, 750, I think it was, that he would owner finance. So I took it over and immediately raised the rents. $100 a door, just across the board. Started fixing things, uh, went up on the roof and patched up the roof everywhere where it was leaking so it would just survive. Um, repainted the outside of it so it looked better and started doing better make readies. And within six months to a year, I'd raise the rents on everybody. So now with that rent increase, the property was worth $2 million. So I went and found out that I could take the $2 million refinance that property, and I could pay him off and still put money in my pocket. I went to him and I said, look, um, I know you gave me a five-year note. If I could pay it off early, would you discount the note? <laughs> Thinking I'm going to get him to go down because I knew I could do it. And he goes, no, <laughs> no, I like I like you owe me money. You pay really well. You're always on time. Um, this, is a, this is a good little side note for me, right? I said, all right, you got me. I'm going to go ahead and pay it off anyway then. And so I went and I refinanced and pulled out the money and got a new loan put on there. I paid him off and put money in my pocket. So within one year, the value of this property had gone up a million dollars. In one year, I only put in about 75000 So how did you only put in seventy five? I thought it was $150,000 down. Here's what happened. When I negotiated the deal, I negotiated to close on the first of the month or, or the fifth of the month where they had already collected most of the rents. So at that point, what happened was I got prorated rent of $25,000 at closing. I also got the security deposits from the tenants, which was another $20,000. So there was 45,000 bucks credited to me. I then got the property taxes because it was late. It was, um, late in the year and he owed the property taxes coming up in a few months. So I got credited $27,000 for property taxes. And then the creme de la creme, I bought the place using my real estate company as the buyer's rep. And I pulled out 27,000, no, I'm sorry, real estate commissions for $14,000. All told, I had 180, or I had $86,000 worth of credits when I sat down at the table. And that makes this uh, 150 minus 86. That makes that 14. Eight from 14 is six. I had to come up with 64,000 dollars. 
So if you can imagine, I took $64,000 in a little over a year by the time I got the refinance done and everything, I'd made over a million dollars. Not to mention the cash flow. And I'd raised the rents over $100 a piece. Now, as I'm sitting here with this piece of garbage building, the building across the street from me, uh, which is a 68, this was a 64, there's a 68 there. The guy had rebuilt it. The guy that did it was an engineer, and he was a, a University of Houston's uh, president of the engineering department. So the guy just went wacko. He had overdid it, spent millions to renovate this place. And then he found out that just because he spent millions, he'd renovated everything. Everything from the studs out was brand new. All new sheetrock, all new electrical, all new plumbing, all new um, cabinets, counters, appliances. Everything was brand new. Even new electrical boxes and new electrical meters. Place was beautiful. I thought it looked like a class B property. He found how oh, that no one would buy it because he made a really stupid mistake. He put a loan on it that had to be assumed and could not be paid off. And nobody wanted to come to the table with the large amount of money he wanted. It would have taken $750,000 out of pocket. Back then, that's unheard of to put that much down on a little teeny property in a, in a bad part of town. So I went to him on the property across the street, and I said, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I negotiated down to $350,000, 320, I think it was 320 or something like that. 325 to a note of 750. So I paid about a million fifty for it, something like that. A million five hundred thousand, I think is what I paid for it. And because of that, I only had to come to the table with the money. It didn't matter where the money came from because I'm assuming a note. They're not looking at me and financing me on a new deal. So I went and I took 27 credit cards and went to the bank and pulled out $327,000 on my credit cards. I had picked these credit cards out of the 50 that I had because every single one of them was zero or up to and no more than 4% interest with long periods of no payment, six months to a year with no payment before the payments start. I had another 27 credit cards that were backed up to these that as soon as these would pop to where they started making payments on them, I had 27 others that I could transfer the debt onto and do it over again and keep revolving the credit cards until basically not pay hardly anything at all. I think I was paying next to nothing. I did this and the bank got flipped out about it. They, the counter girl said, I can't do this. They brought in the vice president of the bank and the vice president of the bank brought in the president and I explained to him, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to make millions on nothing and I'm using these credit cards to do it. And the guy goes, but how are you going to pay the interest? I go, that's what you don't get. There is no interest. And he said, well, why didn't you come to us for a loan to do this? I said, because you charge too much interest. This interest is nothing or up to as much as 4%. And the guy was flipping. I said, look, I'll tell you what, I'm going to come back to you every month and show you uh, my spreadsheet. And I showed him the spreadsheet, how I was going to keep track of it. I'll bring the spreadsheet back to you every month and show you just so you can see, because this was my bank and my banker, see that I'm not crazy, that I can actually do this. So lo and behold, I did it. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Even though this place had a million-dollar renovation on top of it, and it was 10 times better than the property across the street that I owned, its rents were $100 a month below mine. They should have been $100 a month higher than mine. So I immediately raised the rents. $100 a month increased the value of the property, right? Just immediately increased the value of the property. About that time, 
I refinanced the property across the street, the old one. I'd come to the end of that story, and I pulled out enough money to pay off all the credit cards. And I think I paid the credit cards maybe six months down the lines, little pieces here and there of money. But I took the money from the other one and paid the credit cards off, so I actually had no money out of pocket in either deal. And now I had each one of these properties, after I raised the rents two more times, right? They were about $300 a month by the time I left. They were $600 and $800 a month, respectively, for one bedroom and two bedroom. I had been making about fifteen grand a month per building, all with nothing out of pocket. That, my friend, is how to do a real estate deal. And when you find something like that and you know how to do it, inevitably, you're going to end up rich. And that's the rest of the story. We'll be right back with another great story in a moment. Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're going through crazy deals uh, that were crazy, crazy profitable. In fact, they're so profitable, you understand why I am financially where I am today. It's because I was able to put together some super, incredibly profitable deals that catapulted my wealth. This next one is when my wealth really catapulted. It was a giant 320-unit apartment complex that I bought during the recession in 2008. Uh, it was on a street where there was a, it was a two-block street with 11 apartment complexes, 3,500 units. This one was 320 units. When I went to buy it, it was in foreclosure, and Fannie Mae tried to sell it to me, or Freddie Mac, I think it was Freddie Mac, tried to sell it to me. And they wanted 16000 a door. I signed a contract for 16000 a door. Uh, everything else on the street had been, had been bought for 50000 a door and had debt of $35,000 a door on it. So they had to compete with a debt of 35000 per door and they had paid 50000 and I was going into contract for 16000 When I got in there and did my due diligence and feasibility, I found out the place was uh, 54% occupied and going down quick. And I said, I really can't give you $16,000. I mean, I also found there was $4 million for the renovation I would need to do to bring it back. So I said, I, you know, I'll give you $14,000. And they said, no, we won't take $14,000. We'll take, you know, we want sixteen. So I said, okay, uh, I got to let it go then because the numbers just aren't working out for me. So, and what they were going to do was they were going to finance it, owner finance it for me. But they wanted me to bring, number one, the down payment of 20% and they wanted me to bring rehab money of 4 million in. And so what it ended up doing was like, man, that's that's a lot of money. That's like 6 million bucks or something like that. So no, I don't think I want to do that. So then they went along and they found somebody else to go into contract for 16,000 a door and they backed out too. So they came back to me and said, okay, look, we'll take the 14,000 if you'll do the deal. I said, okay, I'll sign for 14. So I signed up for 14,000, we went in, do our due diligence again on the second contract, and occupancy had dropped to 22%. And of the 22%, almost all of them were felons and criminals and prostitutes, drug dealers and people that were just living there, not paying any rent at all. And I said, man, I can't do this for, 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 there's no, there's no tenants. There's no value. There's no tenants. It's a hundred percent. Got to first evict everybody that's in the place. I've to totally renovate the place. It's going to take way more than that to do that. And 
besides that, by the time I put down the down payment and the renovation money necessary and all the the taxes and this, that, that, it, it, it's not going to be any better than a regular deal. And so I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $8,000 for it, but here's what I'll do. I'll pay cash. You don't know, 8000 a door, not 8000 8000 a door, but I'll pay cash. And so I don't need to set up any escrow. So all the money I was going to use to set up all these escrows and the down payment all went together and ended up being the same amount of money as it would be to pay 8000 a door cash. And so we paid cash for it. We bought it. And we went into a super fast renovation. We brought three different construction companies in. And instead of using one construction company, because we had so much, we split it up into three companies and each one of them took a part of the, of the campus and started working on it, right? At the time, though, I needed, I needed money. And so what I did was I put a sign out that said, one bedroom. Now, by the way, all one bedrooms on this street, every single person apartment on this street that was a one bedroom was at a price of $650 per month. I put a sign out in front of my my apartment complex and it said 299 one bedroom move in move in 299 move in one bedroom 299 a month it's not move in 299 total the rent and i'd convinced myself that what was really important was to get bodies in the buildings because as we renovated the buildings if we left them vacant then this was a bad street there would have been people who'd been vandalizing them and stealing all of our appliances and wrecking our stuff so i had to get, get almost give the units away but what I did was I made it this way. The sign said two ninety nine for one bedroom, but that was in a third story, third floor bedroom. If you wanted to go to a second floor bedroom, it was three ninety nine. If you wanted a first floor bedroom, it was four ninety nine. And if you wanted a brand new, totally renovated unit, up by the clubhouse, the pool, the tennis courts, and all that stuff, it was five ninety nine. Now five ninety nine is still fifty five dollars a month cheaper than anywhere on the street. So people would come in and we'd drive them around, show them all the different units, and let them pick whatever they want. The reality was nobody ever picked the third floor, so we never sold any 299s until we had leased everything else up. Everybody wanted the lower floor, so we didn't even take in 299. But my friends, there were 3,500 tenants on that street that had to drive right by my sign every day, seeing that they were paying 650, and they thought everybody in my place was paying 299. They just immediately fled to my apartment complex. During that time, I got sued two more times to take. I got sued three times to take the sign down. Each time I lost the lawsuit, each time I was required to take the sign down, but instead of taking the sign down the first time, I, I went and got myself a sandwich board because the lawsuit said you can't have a sign affixed to your building, you know, saying the price. So I instead got a sandwich board guy to walk up and down the street. Then they sued me again, said you can't do that uh, inside the subdivision. So then I put the guy at the end of the subdivision, the only entrance into, the play, into that street, and he walked out there and they still couldn't get rid of me. During all that time, I filled up in 18 months. It was 100% occupied. My rents went immediately back up to what theirs were, and three of those apartment complexes went bankrupt. I put three apartment complexes on that street out of business completely. Why? Because I stole all of their tenants. Why? Because I was in at half the price, a third of the price. They were, they were in at 50 grand a door. I was in at eight grand a door, plus 4,000 renovation. I was in at 12. They were in at 50. My rents could be cheaper. And I just froze them out. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but that was business. Eventually, the property was worth $50,000 a door again. And right now, <laughs> who could be worth 60 or 70? I don't even know uh, because I sold it quite a few years ago. But the bottom line was I put in, in my share of the deal, I put in $100,000 and I didn't, I had partners. I put in 100000 I made one point. 
$8 million on this deal myself. All of my partners, every one of them, even though they didn't make as much as I did, every partner made 185% of their money. It's just an un- unbelievable deal, an unbelievable deal. And so when you see these kinds of deals, my friends, like the four that I've talked to you about today, and there's others, many others, but like these four of these, you understand that all that stuff about stocks and bonds and mutual funds and financial planners is just rubbish. The only way that I know of that anybody ever becomes massively wealthy is to own real estate. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.